Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and everything in between, welcome to the Kevin Clifton Show. And this episode is one of the episodes that we uh, advertised sort of a couple of weeks ago. There's still going to be your normal episodes coming out every Monday, right? So we're still going to talk about theatre. We're going to talk about performance. We'll still have the interviews. All those normal episodes are still going to happen every week. So don't worry. Um, but we also talked about adding some sport episodes, um, some football episodes to be precise. So me and my mate Anthony Rutherford, uh, we're going to talk um, about sort of all the latest football and stuff like that. So these are extra episodes. So if football, if you have absolutely no interest in football whatsoever and you're here for the theatre and performance and dancing chat and Strictly chat and interviews and all that kind of stuff, then this might not be the episode for you. If you want to hear us arguing about football anyway, um, then yeah, dive in. Every week we're going to do near enough every week anyway, depending on the football. Um, we're going to do some extra episodes where we talk sport. So please welcome to the show, Mr. Anthony Rutherford. All right, mate? How are we doing, mate? You all right? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing really well, thanks. I was thinking, do we call this like Ant and Kev talk footy because it sounds a bit like Ant and Deck? Or do we call it yeah. like Kev and Ant's footy rants? <laughs> That's that's perfect because that's what it's going to be, isn't it? The rants are more prevalent in this occasion. Yeah, it is going to be very ranty because all we do is argue about football. We've been arguing again this weekend about football. We had a big, we had, we nearly had a big fallout, didn't we, at the weekend? <laughs> all about Timo Werner. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, you know, sometimes I think there's so many TV shows and different things you go and watch theatre, and you can have an opinion on it. But the one thing that is ever changing. From, from one game to the other is football. And it's the one thing that I think you can really get crazy about. You start yeah. arguing. One week you're seeing a player as the best in the world. The next week they're the worst in the world, the same with managers. And it, it is, it's, it's always going to be the case. One week we'll be agreeing and one week we'll not. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like when I'm talking about theatre or performance or, you know, mindset and I'm interviewing people about it and having a chat and sort of thinking things through, I feel like I'm so um, rational and calm and considered and, you know, and I'm like that. As soon as I start talking about football, I'm irrational, passionate, <laughs> chaotic. <laughs> like somebody's like a hero one week and they're dead to me the next. It's like, it just goes from one to the next. But um, yeah, so we were arguing about Timo Werner, weren't we? Because yeah. as a Chelsea fan, like I'm really happy, obviously, at the moment because we've gone from you know, what is our season at one point to, it looks now like we're going to qualify for the Champions League in the top four. It's looking really good. We've got an FA Cup final next week and we're in the Champions League final. And um, go on. I was going to say, and I think you've only got one defeat in all competitions since your manager came in. Yeah. Now, I wasn't keen on this happening because I'm a big Frank Lampard fan. Yeah. I didn't want to see Lampard sacked. I thought he was getting there with the with the new players. I thought it was all coming together. And there's nothing to suggest that he wouldn't have got there. And I, I wasn't keen. The first few weeks, I wasn't keen on... You're already disagreeing with me. But yeah. the first few weeks, I wasn't keen on the way Tuchel was setting up. I wasn't keen on the way that the football that we were playing. I thought it was defensive. I thought it was boring. But we're getting to a, a place now with a few tweaks that he's made. Mostly for me, it's been Kovacic not playing because I feel like he doesn't do anything on the pitch. And it's been, he's deciding to play Havertz, who is a great player. Yeah. Um, yeah, now suddenly we're, 
is turning us into world beaters. We're in the Champions League final. And a few days ago, I'd have been saying, this is amazing we've made the Champions League final, but obviously City are going to batter us in the final. But we've Which just been City twice in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. This weekend, and we, we knocked them out the FA Cup and stopped their quadruple run. And we just look unstoppable at the moment. My, my argument was, when we, we first started talking about this, was that Frank Lampard, which I think he will be a good manager. I don't think he's really proven himself, which, for me, for, if he had went to a different club, for example, Newcastle or someone lower down in the league, in the Premier League, and then worked his way back up, I think it would have been perfect for him. I think the timing for Chelsea and Lampard was great. The fact that he couldn't sign anyone, he had to make deal with, with the players that he had. And that helped him a little bit. However... I said to you when they signed all of these players, and I said it right from the start, I think he'll struggle because I don't think he's had the experience working with these kind of players. I mean, how much did you spend? 300 million maybe in the summer? 200, yeah. It was, it, was a, it was quite a bit. And the players he brought in were very good players. Now, putting them into a team and upsetting the lads that he finished fourth, I think, the season Lampard was there. Um putting them into a team and having to disagree, sorry, disappoint a lot of the players that he had trusted. And I don't think he wanted to do that. I don't think he's that kind of man. I think he wanted to keep in with the players that he had trusted the season before. It, someone like Tuchel coming in or uh, Ancelotti or, uh, or a Mourinho, they've been there and done it and they've had the experience to just say, look, I want to play this way. This is what we're going to do. These are the players that I want. And, and I think it proved when he came in, the new manager came in, for example, Alonso, who... You obviously don't rate as highly as other players. No. For me, he, he's been 7 out of 10 every single week since he's came back in, which doesn't sound great. But to be fair, he's getting you some really important goals. He's been solid. You've got Kante, who was really off the boil. I mean, we were talking about him, and I agreed with you a little bit that he was he was sort of finished it to the game that he played. He looks like the same player he was five years ago. So the managers came in and just and give them players that weren't necessarily playing well some sort of confidence. I don't know what he's done, but the, the, all the team looked like world beaters again. I agree with you on Kante. Kante has, seems to be going back to being the world-class player that we that he was before. Whereas yeah. the first half of the season, I, I was like, if Real Madrid come in for him now, how will he let him go? Yeah. But, um, but now he, he's looking amazing. I still don't agree with you on Alonso. I think Alonso has got into the box and scored a couple of times. So it, it sort of papers over the cracks for me. I still think Alonso is very soft. Like he's easily just nudged off the ball and yeah. gives the ball away. Like he's not great defensively. I, I still think that Alonso, I don't know, he's not the future for us. He's I, not the future. Like he's had a couple of good moments. For me, like he scored against um, Man City. He scored in that first game when Tuchel took over. Apart from that, I st I'm still not convinced by him at all. But yeah, Tuchel has come in and, and, and turned us into a good team. I disagree with you on Lampard. I still think Lampard um, has proven himself because I think like he went, you're talking about, oh, he needed to go somewhere else first. He was at Derby. And you look at Derby now that Rooney's yeah. in and who yeah. was in charge before that? The Dutch guy. Um, it was it Philip Koku. Koku was in charge after yeah. Lampard and now Rooney. And Philip yeah. Koku, who supposedly loads more experience, like takes them right down to the bottom of the league. And then Rooney, you know, they were barely surviving and they've they've stayed up with a 3-3 draw 
against Chef Wednesday yeah. who had gone down on the last day of the season. And Derby looked all over the place. Under Lampard, they were in the playoffs. They beat Bielsa's leads in the playoffs. Like that, that, that's what they did. And then he's, you know, and he's brought through the likes of Mount at Derby. Then he's gone to Chelsea, had zero money to spend. And I know it's like, oh, it was necessity that made him play those players. But he could have relied on more experienced players, whereas he went with the likes of Mason Mount. He's brought through Reese James, you know, all, all these young players that he's bringing through. Um, and we qualified for the Champions League. We made the FA Cup final last year. And, and you compare that to someone like Arteta, who has brought in Partey and, you know, and they've got all these players to, to play about with, the, you know, the likes of Obama Yang and, and yeah. Lacazette and Pepe that they spent loads of money on. They brought Partey in, who looked like a great signing for Arsenal yeah. when they signed him. Everyone was raving about Partey. He's the, he's the Vieira that they needed and blah, 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 yeah. blah. And, you know, and they're shocking. So f- for me, like... I think Lampard has proved himself and, and I think he's a, I think he's a good manager. And yeah, I didn't want him sacked because I'm a big fan of his, but um, I can't deny what a great job Tuchel's doing at the moment. Like he's, he, he's turned us into an unstoppable, we, we might be European champions in a few weeks. Yeah. We might be. Yeah. And, and, and I was watching the game on Sunday. Is it Sunday in Man City, Chelsea? It was, no, wasn't it? Saturday, Saturday, was Saturday. Saturday, sorry. I was watching that and to be honest, I don't think I've watched Man City. I've I've seen them had off games where they've you know they've been beat off a team that you would just think normally they would be beaten five six nil, and it's just one of them games. Man City weren't poor no. against Chelsea. No. Chelsea were were really really good, and to be fair, the second half they were camped out in, in Man City's box more yeah. or less, which has never been seen. And yeah. I think I think Pep is going to be as much as he's coming across really calm and saying that. You know, this is a new experience for us. We're going to all be up for it. I think the pressure's on massively on Man City. Mm. And after that defeat at the weekend, I know it should, probably should have been two each because that penalty was horrendous, by the way. Um, on that. But, but it was still a fantastic performance. Yeah. Say again? See, this penalty that everyone seems to have decided was a stonebonk penalty. Like, did you watch Match of the Day? Yeah, I've seen it, yeah. Right. So, match of the day, um, when they're showing the Ollie Watkins one, right? They went on a big rant about... Genus Genus went on a big rant about Ollie Watkins, right? Going, this is great that he didn't give that penalty because everyone is so obsessed with contact. Everyone's like, oh, there's contact. It must have been a foul, especially if it's in the area. If there's any kind of contact and they go down, then it's definitely a penalty. Everyone's obsessed with it. He went on this big rant and how he was really pleased that the penalty wasn't given, even though there was contact on Ollie Watkins. When they showed that freeze frame, there was contact by the keeper on his knee, right? And he's gone down and he still didn't give it because... The, the reason was there's contact, but is that enough reason for him to go down the way he did? And everyone was going on about the Zuma and Sterling thing. And, and like, everyone's gone, oh, definitely a penalty, definitely a penalty. Like, Zuma's stood behind him with his arms in the air. There's the lightest of touches. At no point does Sterling have to do everything that he does in that situation. Sterling could have carried on and tried to yeah. shoot, but Sterling was looking for it all the way for me he was trying to force contact and the second he felt a bit of it and yes it was like two three touches but it was like within a second it wasn't have a go 
have another go. It, it was yeah. like, that, that, that. And, and Sterling was like trying to put his back into him and went down. I'm like, for me, it wasn't a penalty at all. I know everyone's like, oh, no. definitely a penalty. But like for me, I, I can't understand why everyone was going on about it. I was like, why does he need to go down? I think, I think 10 years ago, that's that's not even happening. It's not even up for discussion. I don't think the, the I don't think Sterling goes down. I don't think the referee even looks at it. Mm. I think now, because there's so much of a microscope on every single decision, as soon as a player goes down, the referee's got to give that because if he doesn't, it can't go to VAR. So that, that's where you're stuck a little bit with them decisions. And to be fair, Zuma's leg looked about nine times longer than the whole of Raheem Sterling. So when you watch the slow motion, I was thinking his leg looks like it's extended. He was like um, Inspector Gadget, and and when it when it's come round, the natural p- position for Zuma is to go forward when he's trying to defend towards the ball, and Sterling's coming in from the side, so he's going to hit his leg because the ball's there to be won. Mm-hmm. So naturally, there's going to be contact at some point, and surely the referees have got to look at that and say, well. That player's going one way, but that player's coming the other. It's a, it's a, it's a normal collision. Yeah, there's going to be contact. Yeah. I was annoyed about the um, the Aguero one with that ridiculous Penenka that he did, <laughs> which was just brilliant. Um, I, go on. Do you, think, do you think the worst thing for me is, in regardless of what team you support or, or who, what players you like, Aguero is going to go down as a Premier League legend. He, yeah. It's impossible for him not to. Yeah. Absolutely amazing player. Um, however... If that's his last chance to score a goal in the Premier League just before he leaves, how devastated is he going to be that he's done that? <laughs> I know. Because I know. that's the last thing that everyone remembers. It's one of them, isn't it? It's like if, if you try a Panenka, this is what Lineker was saying. Like if you try a Panenka and it comes off, you look like the Don. Yeah. If it doesn't, you look like a twat. <laughs> <laughs> a big twat. And he did. He looked... And the worst thing was the keepers dived, yeah. still had time to get up and catch it with his hand yeah. as, if, as if it wasn't even kicked. Yeah. I'll be good. Yeah. But even see the penalty leading up to that, was it, um, was it Jesus that, that went into him? I can't remember. That like, basically like, who was it? Yes, yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, anyway, whoever it was, it was like, there's, the, there's a player stood where he stood Jesus is like six feet away from him and Jesus makes a lunging move straight into him and goes down. I'm like the defender, I can't remember who the defender was that gave it away, but like the defender wasn't the one that went into him. He went, he went straight into the defender and then hit the deck. I'm like, well, that's on you. If you're going to plow into him and get like, that's on you. This is something, this is something I know Steve Howie, who's um, your mate as well. Um, he works with the with the referees and they assess because he's an ex player. They've got a lot of ex players on the board and they assess referees as the game's going on and they, they sort of give them obviously ideas. I think of you know what a player would have done rather than a referee because sometimes I think refs look at the game just by the letter of the law. Yeah. We know if me and you are running side by side for the same ball, there's going to be contact because. Yeah. There's only one place that we want to go to. Yeah. It's not a 100-meter race where you're in a lane. Yeah. You both need to get to that ball, and at some point, there's got to be a contact. Yeah. And that's when that's when I think it's, it's wrong that they're giving free kicks and, and penalties for a shoulder barge or, or yeah. a clash of legs because it, it's it's natural to, to bump into somebody. Yeah. So 
I don't know how they're going to fix that because then players would be like, oh, well, we'll just run into each other. Yeah. So it works both ways, doesn't it? Yeah. That's the, when, when we were kids and you're playing football, yeah. you could you could plough into, plow into a guy, right? You could plough into someone, almost break their leg. What's the first, like, ref blows his whistle, what's the first thing you do? Shoulder barge! Yeah. <laughs> so like, that's the first thing you'd say. No, it's a shoulder barge. <laughs> like, there's no yeah. such thing as a shoulder barge in football anymore. It's like the slightest no, contact, you... it's a foul if there's contact. Like, it's not a contact sport anymore, apparently. Doesn't yeah, it, 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 it's spoiling it a little bit. And I'm worried, I mean, we're going off topic here, but I'm worried for the game in general going forward because obviously we've had this year where it's been really weird and obviously COVID and people aren't allowed in to watch a game, which has already affected the game for me. Yeah. Um, I think that there's a lot of away teams getting wins that they normally wouldn't. And that's part of the game. Going to, going to Newcastle, going to St. James's Park or Old Trafford, well, not Old Trafford, St. James's Park will use that. And, and that is a 12th man. Um, however, I think not just because of the fans aren't, aren't in, I think now the game with VAR and everything, at the same time the fans aren't in, it's magnified everything. And where do we go now? We can't go, we can't go back because they would look ridiculous. So they're, ne- they're never going to say we're going to take VAR out, we're going to do this. So how do we progress forward with VAR, with all these daft decisions? I mean, would you have a, another referee at the side of the pitch that actually can make a decision rather than just, yeah. you know, keeping the managers off the pitch? Mm. I don't know. Like, like the thing with, with VAR, it's getting more and more ridiculous. I understand why they want to have it. Yeah. The, um, the Tottenham goal with Kane being offside... You remember that? Like, for me, I'm looking at that. Like, first of all, without the VAR lines and all that, you're looking at it and you're going, that's level, right? That's 100%. There's no way that's offside. Then they bring all the VAR in and that's supposed to be like, ah, yeah, but we can definitively show you now with the lines. They drew a line straight across on both of them's toes and it was still level and they still gave offside. Yeah. To me, I was like, I, I can't work it out because... If there's like a millimeters difference between them two lines that they figured out, that's just where a human has put the line. Yeah, that comes yeah, exactly. from human error. Like, yeah, they they were so completely level. But but even even let's say for the sake of argument that like Harry Kane's little toe was a bit further forward or something like that kind of difference. What's the point in giving offside for that? Like, how yeah. is that helping? I agree. Them? Surely we should be encouraging like goals, not trying to think of any reason why to take one away. And and, and that's the thing. I think you know when you you know when uh, decisions are uh, sorry. You know when an idea is a bad idea when even when it goes for you, you still don't like it. Yeah. So Newcastle have had a few decisions this season where VARs worked against them. And I, to be fair, I've gone. That's that's ridiculous. Like they just shouldn't be there. And then they've had decisions where it's gone for them, and I've been thinking that's that's wrong it shouldn't have been a goal but we're getting it because of our yeah I just don't think they can continue with it the way it is especially the offside mm-hmm. um talking of Newcastle um you had an, an amazing result oh. <laughs> I, I was celebrating like it was my team watching that because you're being which is what we needed and like I needed that what happened there like where, where's this Newcastle been so I, I'm gonna Begin the season, look positive. We had some really good signings. Um, Callum Wilson, who, by the way, I think would 
walk into most Premier League teams now. If, if I know you might not agree at the minute because you're just seeing little bits of him, but if you watch him over a 90-minute game, in every game he's played, he's honestly, he's very, very, very good. Um, and I think he, he should probably be in the England squad as well. Um, St Maximum, who's pushing on now, um, starting to actually with an end product. These were all coming in at the right time, right at the beginning of the season. We got COVID. We were, the, I think, we were the worst hit team in the Premier League with COVID. Um, three or four of the players were affected really badly, like St Maximum, and um, they were out for months rather than just a few weeks. And I, feel, I felt a bit sorry for Steve Bruce because he's been getting a lot of grief because people just adored Rafa. I mean, I wasn't one of them, but he, he got a lot of credit from the Newcastle fans because he said the right things, which he didn't at Liverpool. They didn't play the best football. They won trophies, fair enough, but he's got a way of manipulating the press and the fans, which you know yourself works in any football club if you've got that. And then we had this, this horrendous period of about... 10 games where we didn't even look like we could would ever play football together. And there wasn't anything changing. So every week, you know, when you do something wrong and you do it again and then you do it again and it was just happening constantly. He's getting all these players back and all of a sudden we look like world beaters, which is fantastic. I think it's one defeat in, um, one or two defeats in eight or nine now. Um, Against Leicester, I said on the radio on Friday night, I've done the show, we, we always obviously talk about Newcastle, and I had them down as getting beat 3-0. I thought Leicester would hammer, would it be fair, the way they set up. And they just played into our hands. I mean, Callum Wilson probably had the easiest game of his life because of the way the defence set up. Yeah, um, and to be fair, I think that's us safe now as well. Yeah. I think Fulham play Burnley tonight, and if anything other than a Fulham win, we're, we're safe mathematically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're definitely safe. Um, but so, how do you think about Steve Bruce now? Well, I've I've always said all season. I've said you've got to give him a chance when he gets everyone in. Um, I think at the minute, when you look around the the sort of managers that are available, I would probably have Eddie Howe just because I've had this argument on on Friday, and I think that Newcastle need to rebuild and and not just the team, the whole squad. From the from sort of grassroots up, and Eddie Howe, someone that could probably come in and, and put his stamp on. He's young enough to have the hunger to, to go forward. Um, but I, I mean, if Bruce keeps up and finishes fifteenth, I think you've got to give him a chance. Mm-hmm. However, if this this um, consortium takes over, Kev, and we we end up like what yous were like about what was it fifteen year now? Yeah. Um, all of a sudden we're billionaires and we can buy anyone we want, kind of thing. I don't think Bruce would be the right manager. No, no. But who would I was going to say who who would who who I don't know who I would have in at the minute because there's not really that many good managers available. The ones that were have all either signed new contracts or they've went to PSG or they've went. Yeah. No, it's and and this is the thing. You've got other clubs in the in the Premier League who are going to be looking at managers at the moment. So like obviously Tottenham are looking for a manager. Like so, it's like and, and Tottenham are not going to be, they're not going to be a Champions League team, huh? No. What are we going to say? Not. I'm saying they're struggling at the minute. Yeah. They're struggling at the minute. If if you're a manager, Kev, and you're offered, I know this is going to sound really stupid, but if Newcastle get a new consortium and they, and they do get took over in the summer, if you're a manager and you get offered Newcastle or Tottenham in the summer, where would you go? I think if Newcastle are taken over by the consortium and they've got loads of money to play with, then you go to Newcastle. Yeah. 
Because I think Absolutely. what you're taking over with Tottenham, potentially for next season, is a Tottenham without Harry Kane. Yeah, I, I 100% think... That's a whole different job. Do, so, you think, do, you think, do you think he'll go to Man City? I don't know. I, I know there's rumours about him going to Man City, but I still think Haaland's going to Man City. Yeah. So are they going to... Dad sign was there, wasn't he? It's a bit of a link. Yeah. So are they going to sign Haaland and Kane? Like, <laughs> God help us all if they do. But, yeah. but to me, it, it felt like th- there was an announcement for no reason when it came to Aguero. Like a, f- a month or two ago, it was like, Aguero, this will be Aguero's last season. We're not, he's not having his contract renewed. Da, da, da. And he's like, he's, he's, he's not 40. Like he's, no. Everyone's talking about Aguero like he's past it. Like he's still only like 32 or something. I'd, I'd have him at Newcastle in a heartbeat. Still got goals in him. So yeah. it, it felt to me at that point, like the re- there's a reason they're doing that. You don't just get rid of a, You don't just decide you're letting go of a goal scorer, striker like Aguero if you haven't got someone coming in. And to yeah. me, it just felt like it's a done deal with Haaland. Yeah, I, I agree. Because all Both the talk Haaland around that time. Yeah. Then again, it could be, it could be a case that they've already got Harry Kane wrapped up. Because Haaland's, Haaland's deal's meant to be a Man U as well, isn't it? I can't see Haaland going to Man United. I can't well, see. Cavani's just signed another contract extension. And right. to be fair, he's been fantastic. So yeah. that, would, that would show that they're not wanting to sign another forward. Yeah, exactly. But where, So where can Kane go? If, he, if, he, if it's not City, where, where do you see him? I, I, I personally think he might go to Real Madrid, I think he'll, Barcelona, I think he might completely change. Mm. Yeah, that's not... I right. mean, the Shearer's record is there to be broken, but I don't think he's anywhere near catching that, I think, because he'll slow down over the next few years. Um, is, can Real Madrid or Barcelona afford him at the moment? Well, <laughs> they haven't got any money. By the way, obviously mentioning Real Madrid and Barcelona, I see that Juventus might be getting kicked out of Serie A if they stay in this um, special league that they've all set up. Oh my god! Imagine if they kick the El Clasico teams out of the La Liga. Well, it's it's just been announced on Sky Sports that if if um, Juventus don't leave the is it the ESL yeah. um, by the summer, they're not they're not getting into the Serie A next season. Brilliant! That's crazy. I would love it. That'd be the second time that's happened to you. Ben. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because they had to, they had to come. Was it the, the did they got relegated? Didn't they? Something to do with finances, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, transfers or, or something. But yeah, they got they got kicked out back back to the league below. Yeah, with a 10, 10 or fifteen point deficit, and then they still won the league. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be brilliant. I'd love to see that. Imagine, can you imagine Juventus, Barcelona, and Real Madrid all playing in the second tier? Yeah, brilliant. The only thing is, I don't think it'll happen because I think if they do that to them, it'll be. Um, it'll sort of play into the ESL's hands. They'll be like, our only option now is to push forward yeah. into the ESL. Like, there's no... Yeah. There's and the money that the league gets off Barcelona and Real Madrid alone yeah. keeps it going. So there's, there's no way they can kick them out. Yeah. It's a nice threat, though. Mm. I, don't, I don't know what... With back to Kane, I don't know why, but... I've got no real sort of reason for it, but there's part of me can see him in, in a United shirt. 
Do you think? Yeah, I don't know why. People have been have been saying there's rumours about Chelsea, but I can't see him coming to Chelsea from Spurs. Well, we had this we had this argument at the weekend, and I think that that is the player. Maybe he's not Kane, but someone in that ilk, um, like a Kane or a Haaland, who you're missing to be to be one of the best teams in the in Europe. And I really do. And I think taking taking the argument of Werner away, because I think he would still play in that team anyway, even yeah. if you had a, a focal point. I think Chelsea are creating so many chances now yeah. for a big, strong, a Shearer type of player who yeah. would score 30 goals in that team, no problem at all. If, yeah. you, had, if you had Shearer in his prime, yeah. in that Chelsea team that you've got now, yeah. he would be 35, 40 goals a season. Yeah. I- Definitely, like, because we, we, we did have this big thing about Werner. I love Timo Werner. I love what he does with the, with the forward line, the, the yeah. chaos that he creates. He's, he's been involved in more goals than any other Chelsea player this season. Yeah. Um, he just needs to, like, find the net a bit more. And I think he will, actually. But, um, but yeah, if it's someone on the level of Kane or Haaland that was to come in, yeah, I mean, obviously that would change things completely. Yeah. They're, they're just world-class. Then you're, look, you're looking at running the European League, then Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, like, talking about managers again. Yeah. As we were saying, like, Tottenham will be looking for a manager. You know, if Newcastle, you know, bring in a load of money, they'll be looking for a manager. Um, and look, it, it must be shite being an Arsenal fan, right? And I remember, and we were talking about it, and that point when, when Arteta took over, he won a couple of games. He beat us in the cup final last year. And everyone was saying, oh, yeah, you see, he's the brains behind Guardiola. Yeah, it's yeah. obvious now. This is what everyone always goes on about Guardiola, but all Guardiola just has money to spend and he's always got the best players. He's not as good, blah, 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 blah. I personally think Guardiola's a genius, right? But they were like, Arteta's the one. Arteta's the brains behind it. And you watch Man City <laughs> fall apart now without him. Guardiola can't do it without Arteta at City and watch how Arsenal start playing under Arteta. And I was just like, at the time I was like, what are you talking about? Why is Arteta like the Messiah all of a sudden? Because he, because he like won the cup final. And you look at them now, City have been playing some of the best football that we've seen in ages. Like just the way they played um, against PSG, I just thought they were phenomenal. Um, and the way that he's brought on the likes of Foden and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, and you look at Arsenal and it just like, I, I remember coming out, I was at your house. This was a good few years ago now. And we started arguing about Arsenal because you were saying, oh, even though they're not the best team, I love watching Arsenal because they play yeah. football. And I was like, they don't, like they used to. When the Invincibles yeah. were around, the Henri's and Bergkamp's and Perez and... yeah, yeah. All that lot over Mars and you know all of that lot. That yeah, yes, they were beautiful to watch then. But since that team, they have been boring to watch to me. Yeah. And now they play boring football and they don't get results. Like who? Like surely they've got a sack. Surely Arteta's got to go, hasn't he? But then, then again, who we, we've just spoke about it. Who would come in? Yeah. Well, this is the thing. What managers are around? So if you think, if let's say Newcastle get taken over yeah. and got money to spend, so you're looking at a big manager, hypothetically, because if not, then maybe Bruce should be given another chance. Let's say that's the situation. And then you've got Spurs looking for a manager. 
And surely Arsenal have got to replace Arteta because it's going nowhere. So who yeah, are I think I think possibly come in. Well, there's a lot of talk about, um, and I'm, I, I'm not getting this, but there's a lot of talk about Scott Parker. Yeah. So Tot- he he's he yeah to Tottenham, um, Potter, which which I'm again I'm very confused about because he's been spoken with high regard, but. He's below Newcastle at the minute, and Steve Bruce is getting battered for a season. And to be fair, Brighton's squad's not that much different than Newcastle's. Right. You know, we, I mean, we've got three or four decent players, but I, I, I don't think Newcastle's squad's that much better than mm. Brighton's. But it so, is true, isn't it? All the, all the sort of experts, pundits, they all go on about how brilliant Potter is with Brighton. Yeah. Guardiola said, was it Guardiola said Potter's the best English manager or something? Yeah, when he when he came in, but I, I just don't get it because I just can't see. It's like when Rafa was in, in Newcastle and this whole thing, because the media, the press, create something around the manager that people start believing it. And mm. Rafa just done what was expected at Newcastle. I didn't think that we were better than we didn't win anything. We were never, you know, world beaters. We were just average team, which. He's meant to be this world-class manager. Really, he should have been overachieving rather than just sitting nicely in the middle of the league. And Potter's sort of done the same. Um, I can see Scott Parker going on to be a brilliant manager because when you listen to his press conferences, he's amazing. I love the passion that he's got. And yeah. you really, you can tell he's he's involved in that that team. And I think he would be wherever he went. Mm-hmm. I would I would potentially have him at Newcastle, to be honest, um, just for his passion. Yeah. But... I'm not saying I want him there, by the way. I'm just saying he's not a bad option. Um, you've got someone like Nzagi who, who Simone Nzagi, who would probably, that's what Arsenal, I think, they look for, someone from foreign shores because they always do, don't they? Mm. I don't think they'll go English, Arsenal. No. Allegri? Yeah, but would, would he come at the minute? Um, do, do you not think his stock's a little bit higher? That's the thing. They're not going to be playing European football, are they? I think Allegri's probably more fitted to Tottenham at the minute, even though they're not there the same, but yeah. the, the stadium and the, the, the team. Tottenham are probably a year in front of Arsenal at the minute, progression-wise, aren't they? Yeah. And and also, how do you go about it? Like, if you're Levy at Tottenham, are you thinking, look, Kane's going to want to go. I've got to get the best deal I can for Kane this summer. Yeah. Most amount of money. Yeah. Or are you thinking... I've got to do the best deal I can in terms of a manager to convince Kane to stay. I I don't think you can. I don't think I think Kane's mind will be made up whether he's staying or not. Now I don't think it. I think it's irrespective of what manager's there. Yeah. Um, I think the only manager that probably could have kept him there would would be um, Ferguson <laughs> because of. Do you know what I mean, though? Like that kind of that kind of manager, it, yeah. but he does. They don't exist anymore because it, everything's set up differently in teams now. We, I don't think a, an Alex Ferguson manager would work. To be fair, now, because um, it, it's tactics rather than man management, isn't it? Yeah, I know. Um, my mate uh, Jamie, who's a Spurs fan, um, he said he'd have Benitez. At Spurs, really? Yeah, and um, so you, so you, 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 they've been bored out of their school. 
That's what the that's what the fans are complaining about. They've been bored out of the school for for a season and a half with Mourinho, and they want to go for someone exactly the same. Does it make any sense? Well, there's there's something about Benitez, isn't there? That every everyone sort of puts you know because he won the Champions League with um, with Liverpool. He's he's been at Real Madrid. He won the Europa League with Chelsea. Like there's something about him that people just see him and hold him in that kind of regard, don't they? What what about what about um, Xavi? That's an interesting one because uh, I think he, he he's Barcelona manager, isn't he? Yeah. When when the conditions are right for Barcelona, that that's where he'll yeah. be. Like people feel like he's the new Guardiola, don't they? Yeah. And again, just because he's been a great player and he's he's set up, but I think he went through the same process as Guardiola, as in he's been at Barcelona since day one. Yeah, and he's played under all these great managers, and he's had the same coaching. Yeah, it doesn't always work, but I think he he would be a massive, a massive um, coup if, if someone like Tottenham got him because of the players he would he would attract. Yeah, yeah. Do you think Do you think uh, Bielsa would leave Leeds? I don't know. That's the thing because Bielsa's a great manager. And what he's done with Leeds is really special, I think. And the way they... I love watching Leeds play. Um, I don't know. Like, would he go to Tottenham or Arsenal, do you think? Or would he go to Newcastle? I, I think... To spend? I think... I was going to say, I think Newcastle would probably be more appealing to him just from what I've heard of his personality. I yeah. think that he would adopt the, the sort of Geordie kind of way and culture and... Because I think Arsenal and Tottenham, and this isn't a dig at any Arsenal or Tottenham fans because you'll be as passionate as what we are about our teams, but I get the feeling when I go down there and I've been to away games, it's not really the same as coming to St James's Park. It isn't the same, it isn't the same feel of like it's us against them. It's just we're here for the, the day, we're here for the game. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like we'll sing some songs and then we'll go home afterwards and have pie and mash. Yeah. Whereas the Newcastle fans are in deep depression until the following game. Yeah. <laughs> they lose. And then if they win like they did on Friday night, I, I had a text, uh, sorry, uh, there was a WhatsApp went around and the last time Newcastle played Leicester on a Friday night, one of the lads I play football with ended up staying in Leicester overnight and then ended up in Benidorm for two days afterwards. Completely random because all the Newcastle fans were that excited. They just went, let's stay out. And then book flights and went to Benidorm to celebrate the win. I don't know where, where, where other fans do that. It's 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 a little bit crazy up here. So I think he would fit in. Bielsa with his bucket. Yeah, but I think I think Arsenal are really the ones in in trouble because I, I I don't I don't see where they're going. Arteta just I, I don't think is capable of taking them forward, and they're just in a position. This is the first time in twenty something years they're not going to play European football next year. Yeah, and, and also, like, to me, the person, I don't know why, I've just always felt this, the person that Arsenal need, not what they want, because Arsenal, all the fans, they think they're like the pretty football club because they did it for yeah. a few seasons once. Like, so they think they're the ones that are going to bring the football to the league, you know, like blah, 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 blah. They think they need someone who's going to bring beautiful, free-flowing, passing, attractive football, da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. And so they hire people like Arteta because he's worked with Guardiola. 
and it and they hired Emery and it didn't work and it's like and they're going to keep doing this kind of stuff to me the person that Arsenal need is Diego Simeone but 100% but he's not going to go now they needed to do that a couple of years ago yeah when, when Arteta went in that's when he should have been yeah, born that's when they yeah. should have got, done everything to get Diego Simeone more important than buying Partey or whoever or Pepe yeah. like the because he's the one that I think will give him, will turn him into a battling team again. That you know that that it'll light a fire under them. And Atletico were always just sort of playing second fiddle all the time to Real Madrid and and Barcelona. But this year Atletico are battling to win it. Yeah. So, so why the hell would this year would Simeone leave Atletico to no a team that's in real trouble and that are not playing European football? They're a mid-table team. So I'm going to give you the next best thing to Simeone that I think is the, the mould of Simeone um, in Santo. I think um, Nuno Santo would, yeah, I think he, when you watch him on the sideline, he's very similar to Simeone. He's, he's all in. It's, yeah. it's very, uh, I remember watching him when Newcastle were playing Wolves and it was 10 minutes to go. He's, he's literally rollicking three or four of his players. And I don't mean giving them a, a, a quiet word on the side. He's, he's literally down the necks. And I've never seen that from a manager other than Simeone. Yeah. Um, he, I don't think he would be a bad shout. He's had a bad season, but I think sometimes you can take a team to a point and then they the, the sort of slip off. And it's it's when there's no um, investment. So really, he needed a lot of investment to take Wolves to the next level. They haven't had that and they've stagnated a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I don't think that would be a bad show for Arsenal. I think he would do a really yeah. good job there. Yeah, I can see him at Arsenal or Spurs actually. Yeah, he's a good, he's a good manager, and he's a good. You can tell he's a good footballing sort of bloke. And I think he was a goalkeeper, and goalkeepers are a little bit um, not very well. <laughs> I think I think they've got that little bit of a, a screw loose which you need. I think sometimes to for a team like Arsenal to be giving them a kick up the arse basically mm. kick up the arse huh? yeah. I, I think <laughs> Arsenal or Spurs one of them will end up with Sarri yeah next Chelsea manager maybe yeah. Spurs because Spurs just and I think that would be a go on I think that would be a bad choice for both of them mm. Spurs go after all the ex-Chelsea managers <laughs> like Mourinho Villas Boas <laughs> they're talking about Benitez now they're yeah. talking about Sarri so like they they'll, got they'll have Furlong in soon. <laughs> Glenn Hoddle. Glenn Hoddle will be back. <laughs> Actually, talking about old managers, do you think that and we're talking about Arsenal a lot here? Um, but do you think that getting Wenger 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 back in and having someone like Xavi come in, but having him as a director of football would work? Because regardless of what you think of Arsenal Wenger, he he's one of the best Premier League managers has ever been. Yeah. I think I mean, that would work for them, wouldn't it? I think if it, if I was an Arsenal fan, I'd take it right now. Yeah, compared to yeah. What, what we've got, because I just just when I watch them as well, I just think I just don't know what's happening with Arsenal. Like, I don't know where they're going, and no. I, I, I don't know what they're trying to do. I don't know how they're trying to play. The the, the fact that the um, like the game, I heard, I didn't watch the game against Villarreal, the second leg, but I heard the Arsenal fans talking about it on 606 and they were just like apparently they were like like they needed a goal 
right? They were lucky in that they got an away goal at the end in the first leg, and they needed they needed to win one nil. They needed to go after one goal, and they started messing about with a false nine situation, and then they, then they had Aubameyang in that position, and then Aubameyang like hit the woodwork, and then they took him off. Like they needed a goal, and they're taking Aubameyang off. Like and and they spent all this money on Willian at the start of the season, like a big contract for Willian. That like as a Chelsea fan, I th- I thought was incredible the amount that they were offering him as a contract. Like the Willian has been a great player. He's done nothing. But he's done nothing this season. But his last year at Chelsea barely did anything. Like yeah. he lost interest. He he was lazy and oh. they would have been better off keeping Willock. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he's he's very good, by the way. Their best, their best players scoring goals for Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, and and consistency is is literally like every week seven eight out of ten, and that's you know when you say seven out of ten, I like players like a Matt Ritchie who you know what you're going to get. A Paul Dummett doesn't get any accolades off anyone. And yeah. a lot of people wouldn't even know who he was. You know, they'll, they'll probably be thinking, "Oh, Paul Dummett, did he play for?" He's still there. He's been at the club for forever. And every week, regardless, seven out of ten. And it's just steady. You know, you're not... Players go missing a lot in the Premier League, especially foreign players, because they're not used to that whole hustle and the, you know, the fast pace. And they can go off for, for a month at a time. And they still get played for some reason. You know, if you, if you were at work or you were, you know, dancing in a show and you were rubbish you get pulled off and someone will replace you. Whereas here, if you've got a good contract, you play every week, regardless of how you are. Yeah. In a lot of teams, by the way. Yeah. Um, but people like that, people like Willow, who you know you're going to get seven, eight out of ten every week, put them in because they work. And that's what Arsenal aren't doing at the minute. I feel like he's he's picking players that he thinks are going to do something. And it's like he hasn't been in training. Because I'm sure there'll be players that are sitting in the sidelines waiting to come on that would do 100 times better than the players that have got on. Yeah, yeah. But going on to the, the, the league, we haven't got many games left. Um, obviously, you're looking very comfortable there, Chelsea, now with this lovely little run you're on, sitting in third. Um, Man City won the league. Obviously, I know they haven't technically, but they have. You've got Man United on 70 points. Um, 34 games. Chelsea on 64 points, 35. Leicester, 63, point behind you. And then West Ham, 58. Liverpool, 57. Who's your top four for the end of the season? We're gonna, If we're carrying this on, we'll... City win the league. Man United second. I think we're going to finish third. And honestly... I think Liverpool might sneak into fourth ahead of Leicester. I can't believe we're going to agree on something because I was just going to say, I think I've gone with you and I've, I was going to say Liverpool. They win that game in hand, they're on 60 points, three points behind uh, Leicester and Leicester on downward spiral. Yeah. Um, got tough running as well. Yeah, really hard. Whereas Liverpool haven't. Liverpool have got to play United and then they've got an easy run in from there. Yeah. Leicester have still got by us. Yeah. Leicester, Leicester have got a really hard one in. Tottenham yeah. on 56. I don't think they're gonna they're gonna do any damage now. Um they've gone. West Ham needed to win at the weekend yeah. against them. West Ham. I think West Ham will do well to finish sixth, to be honest now. Yeah. 
Yeah. Which is a shame because it's it's good when a team like that come through. Yeah, and, they've done great. You know, finish a lot. We haven't even mentioned this and just a quick one. Yeah. Liverpool season. What what what's gone on? Uh, I know, I know. I mean, is it just because of Van Dyke and the injuries and Henderson? Like yeah. is, is that the difference? <laughs> <laughs> Henderson's gonna be the focal point of every one of these episodes, isn't he? Yeah. Is that the difference? Because as much as I'm not a huge fan of Henderson, like for, yeah. for that Liverpool team under that manager with those players, he's vital. Yeah. Like I wouldn't have him at he, Chelsea. Well, he is. But but for that well, Liverpool team, he's vital. Yeah. And I think it's been a massive, um, a massive sort of focal point for Liverpool fans because they've brought Thiago in, who, let's be honest, is a world class player. Yeah, he's good. And and you look at him and you think, where's he been playing all these years? Because he's, he, his passing's great, but other than that, he looks a mile off the pace. And I think the Premier League sometimes comes in and bites players when least expected. He's yeah. been comfortable sitting in the Bundesliga, you know, sitting in midfield, spraying balls about doing what he wants, winning every game. Then he comes into the Liverpool side who are struggling a little bit and doesn't do anything whatsoever. And then you, you put... You hate him, but you don't hate him, that's a lie. You don't rate him as much as I do. Yeah. But you put Jordan Henderson and Thiago standing next to each other, every single day you pick Thiago. You know, if you're a five-a-side team. Yeah. You put Thiago, Thiago. Now, looking at them, you're like, Jordan Henderson's actually a massive, massive miss. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's better than Thiago in that, at that position in the yeah. Premier League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think he is a catalyst for for Liverpool's sort of failure this season. But I think there's a lot of other things that are underlying because Alexander uh, Trent Alexander doesn't look the player he was. No. Um, Mane nowhere near, Salah nowhere near. So the, all the players seem to have gone, we've won the league, and then dropped off. Because mm. I was always like, the thing with Liverpool last year before they became like before they started dominating, like last year, I was always a bit like. Yeah, Salah's a, a great player. Mane's um, a great player. I, I, I sort of, Firmino for me was, was hit and miss. And I looked at him as a front three and I thought, I don't know, like they just need that, like what we're saying about Chelsea, they just need that proper number nine. Yes. I don't feel like Firmino is it. And then they started dominating. And that front three were just yeah. unbelievable, the way that they understood each other. And they, they were just ripping teams apart. And now, I don't understand how what the biggest change has been because they've still got them three players. I know defensively it's changed that you know they've lost Henderson and they've, and they've lost um, Van Dijk is a big loss at the centre of defence and there's like Gomez as well, but but um, they've still got that front three, but they seem so like short of confidence compared to what they were. I, I always ask when I've got. Um current and ex-professional footballers on my show, I always ask them about managers because I always think, what can a manager do once you're on that pitch? What can a manager really influence other than taking a player off and putting someone on? Yeah. And some of them say, you know, once they get on the pitch, they just do what they want. Some of them say, yeah, we, we hear them. We, you know, we do take notice of the tactics, we play to the formation, but really it's it's what, what they're doing that, that matters rather than what the manager said um, yeah. other than the formation. But I think that was the strong point. I think um, Klopp was sort of the ringleader of that whole two, three-year period where Liverpool were fantastic. Yeah. And I feel like he's lost something 
There's something that's gone from him that maybe it's all that pressure of winning the Champions League and then winning the Premier League and having all that pressure and then all of a sudden going, right, we've done it. That's 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 achieved. And now they've just took their foot off the step, the, the gas a little bit. And, it, and it's shown on the pitch. Mm. Um, because it training even the intensity, the, the intensity can't be as high as what it was mm. because otherwise they would still be performing. And maybe the, the, the concoction of Van Dijk not being in the whole season, Jordan Henderson, who is their best player, as in overall, who keeps them ticking and is their captain. And when you listen to him now with a microphone, I don't know if you heard that when Jordan Henderson's full game, he talks the whole game and he's going on and on and on. And then Klopp not being on it as well. Maybe the three things in total has just gone bang and Liverpool have just dropped. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable that, like, to think that what they were last year, to, to think if someone would have said to us that this would be the situation a year down the line. Do you know what gets me? And this is, I don't know if you agree or not, but you know if it was any other manager, say, for example, Steve Bruce or Mourinho, or go Mourinho. If Mourinho won the league last season yeah. with Liverpool yeah. and then done what Liverpool have done this season, Mourinho will be getting absolutely battered. Yeah. Of everyone in the media, yeah. Yeah. Jurgen Klopp's getting away with this season for some reason. I know, but this is the thing I always, I always say, which annoys me about certain things. Not that I want him to get battered, but, no. but just like the double standards of stuff. It, it's like this is this is the whole thing that I used to say about Gerard all the time, and I know we bang on about Gerard, but like there's certain players or managers or there's certain personalities that just whether it's us, whether it's the media, like the preps, whatever, have just decided that they are untouchable. Yeah. And it's, you can't say a bad word against them. So if I, if I was to say, um, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not so sure about Klopp looking at this season, it'd be like, what are you talking about? Klopp is one of the greatest yeah. managers in the history of football. Do you know what I mean? Whereas you're right, yeah. if Mourinho does the same thing, it's like, yeah, Mourinho's lost it. Mourinho's completely yeah. lost it. Um, Get him out. Yeah, get get rid of him. It it used to be the same. Like Steven Gerrard was a player who, at the absolute top of his game, he was unbelievable. But for me, there was a period of a few, a good few years, the last few years of his career at Liverpool, where he was nowhere near that standard that we all thought of him as. But we all just carried on thinking thinking of him like that. It was like no, that that's it. He's that player now forever. And even when he's 60 years old, he's still going to be the greatest midfielder in the world. And it's like, for me, there was a few years, like that last World Cup that he went to, or Euros, whatever it was for England. And and it was that exact situation where it was like, well, obviously Gerard's the first name on the team sheet. And I I was saying, and everyone was killing me for it. I was saying, if I was England manager, I wouldn't take him to this tournament. He would not be in my squad. Gerard at the top of his game, world-class, obviously. Gerard, this was at the time. I was like, Gerard right now does not get in my England squad. But everyone was like, no, no, he's Stephen Gerard. And I feel like Klopp's the same. It's yeah. like, you can't say a word against Klopp. Like, if if Guardiola would have had this season, I, I even think they'd have been getting rid of Guardiola and saying, well, Guard, it's because Guardiola's lost Arteta. He's no good anymore. But Klopp is totally down to losing Van Dyke, isn't it? Yeah, in, in Henderson. Yeah. Uh, just according to the narrative, you know. 
but it was the same. It was the same when Gary Neville and, and Cole played for um, for England. At at the time, Ashley Cole was the best left back in the world for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, by quite a bit, yeah. amazing. And Gary Neville was good, but he wasn't in yeah. Ashley Cole's sort of level. Yeah, Ashley Cole got battered every week, regardless of how well he played. Yeah. The press just didn't like him, and there was always a negative story about him. Even if he scored three goals, got man of the match, got England qualified, kept Ronaldo quiet, and then there would be a instead of an article about how good he was, it would be a press saying Ashley Cole's just done this at a nightclub. Yeah, Gary Neville was a seven out of ten every week. Never yeah. fantastic, never crap. He was he was steady, and he got loaded, absolutely loaded, because he was Alex Ferguson's right hand man. Basically, that was all it was. And, and it's the same thing now. You just see it constantly happening. They pick someone, like you just said, and the other person gets back. It's the same with Strictly. There's certain people that go on Strictly, celebrities and dancers. Yeah. But somebody automatically just goes, I don't like them. Yeah. It's regardless of what they've done. And they don't, they, they literally get, keep getting voted in for some reason. And everyone, the press, everyone's going, did you know that X, Y, and Z done this? Oh, they've had 10 years dance experience when yeah. really they haven't. And then the people who have dance experience, yeah. because they're like sort of loaded. No, no, they've never danced in their life. Yeah. Oh, but was he not did you not do tap dancing lessons and Latin and ballroom lessons for 10 years when he was little? No, oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, we're not going to talk about it. Yeah. No. Uh, it's, it's, it's exactly the same. Another another one for me was, and, and obviously I'm biased because I've been a Chelsea fan, but the difference between how they were treated. Uh, and I'm not saying about how good they were. Like, they were both brilliant in their own way. But like the difference between how they were treated, Drogba to Henri, was laughable. Like, yeah. look, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that Henri wasn't the player that everyone said he was. Henri was no, special like one of yeah. the greatest we've seen in the Premier League, right? Yeah. Drogba probably wasn't as naturally gifted as Henri, but he was an incredible striker for Chelsea. Like he did amazing yeah, definitely. won Premier Leagues and won the Champions League and you know and, yeah. and, and all of that. Drogba was an amazing striker um, for Chelsea. But it's like every time that there was anything that could be said against Drogba, it was like so highlighted. It was like, you know, if Drogba's gone down yeah. or something like that, it was like, yeah, he's a cheat, he's a diver, he's a da-da-da-da-da-da-da. If he did anything like some of the some of the one, dives that Henri used to do. He used to go down so easy. He used to dive all over the place. And people tell you didn't. He's an honest man. Oh, was he an honest man when he handballed it that time and brought it back with his hand and stopped? Who was it he stopped? Was it Ireland that he stopped from going? Ireland, yeah. Because he brought the back. Like, it's basically Maradona yeah. to Ireland. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, but he's, he's an honest man. He's it was always Maradona. It, it, it was like, it was, it was that kind of narrative all the time. Oh, no, but Henri... He's one of the gents of football. Yeah. He's, 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 he's a gentleman and an honest guy. And it's like, where Drogba's a maniac. It's like, yeah. Drogba's gone down easy. Henri's dived. Henri's handballed there and got away with it. And it's like, but you yeah. could never say a word against Henri. But it, it, it happens in all works. It happens in all works of life, doesn't it? But I think because football, we're so passionate about it, we get carried away with it. Yeah. That's the thing. I used to hate it. And Gerard was the same. Ger Stephen Gerard, there's there's some videos on YouTube if you type it in, right? Where it's like Gerard the cheat or something like that. Um, <laughs> and it and it shows it brings up these quotes saying like, 
if a player like as captain of Liverpool, if a player, if any one player on my team dived, you know, or whatever, he'd be hearing from me. And there's all these quotes from him. And then it shows the clips yeah. of him. Just diving, diving, diving all yeah. over the place. But you couldn't say a word against Gerard. And and there was that time when, remember he came up, this is when he wasn't as good anymore, right? In that period where everyone still talked about him as being like Zidane. And he was like John Joe Shelby to me. And, there, and he came on for Liverpool. I think he'd been injured or he'd been out the side or whatever. He came on at half time. It was nil-nil, I think. Liverpool needed to score. He came on at half time, 20 seconds in, plows into the guy, nearly breaks yeah. his legs, gets sent off. Against Man U. Right. And, and Liverpool didn't win the game. And, you know, it was like, well, you've got a guy who's come on and got himself sent off and put him in the shit. Right. That's totally yeah. responsible. The terrible things. And afterwards, you know, in his post-match interview, he went, oh, yeah, I, I apologise to my teammates. Da, 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 da. Now, if that's Drogba or if, you know, if that's one of those players that, that will hammer, yeah. this is Ashley Cole. Like, all it is is how stupid he is. You know, yeah. he played with Beckham after that World Cup on Simeone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But because it was Gerard, the whole narrative was we have to applaud Gerard. What a gent of the game. What, you know, what absolute respect. And he, he should be held up as, as the man for all young boys to follow in his footsteps. You know, a role model for everyone because he said sorry in his post match interview. It was like, well, how about he comes on and doesn't get sent off? Doesn't nearly yeah. break the guy's legs. But Gerard, the whole narrative was how, well, how wonderful he was for saying sorry. And it was like, that, that's, that used to piss me off so much. The yeah. double standards of the narratives of certain players. One, one more before we go. The, the one player, and it, it's one of my players, yeah. Shearer. Yeah. Shearer got away with so much because he, because he was yeah. England captain and he was a top scorer. And yeah. there's a few times he had a run in with Roy Keane. And to be fair, Shearer was at fault for a lot of it. Yeah. But he never got any sort of ah. you know, yellow cards, red cards, nothing. And there was one point where he tackled Neil Lennon. It was a bad tackle. Neil Lennon's on the floor and Shearer's given him a, a one on the floor as well and getting up. And the referee gave Neil Lennon a yellow card. <laughs> it was just, it was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. And, and it happened every week. Um, and again, it was just because of who he was. You, you yeah. couldn't send Shearer off. Do you know what I mean? He was yeah. he's England captain. Alan Shearer. Yeah, yeah. he's Alan Shearer. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I, I think we'll we'll probably come across more of these as well as we're going on. Yeah, yeah, we should think of some more. I reckon. So, so oh, by the way, I'm not saying that all these players should be hammered. I'm. I just don't like the double standard. No, you know. Yeah, like, and you'll get hammered. And other players won't for the same thing. Yeah. I would um, rather no players got hammered, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. So I reckon what we should do to finish every time we do these episodes, right? What, how we should finish off um, would be, because we're very passionate about England, um, would be to give our, our England first 11 at the end of each episode and see how it changes over time. Right? So mine... So did a joint, joint 11? Uh, well, I think you give yours and I'll give mine. Okay. Because I think we'll disagree on places. You go first. Mine at the moment, right? You go first. So, so always, we always have to say it as in, like the, the condition is, imagine tomorrow is the first game of 
the Euros, right? Yeah. So it's, so it's competitive game we have to win. The competitive game we have to win. Um, you know, what is the best team to get to get that job done? Um, but I guess like it depends on injuries though. Because I'm going to put Greenwood in that side, and I know he's injured at the moment, yeah. but he'll be fit for the Euros. So, uh, does that count? Yeah, because that he, counts. He that counts. Because be he will be fit for, for for the first game of the Euros. Yeah. So I would play four three three. I've changed my mind on keeper. I've always been very Nick Pope, but I'd probably say Henderson. Man United's Henderson in goal. Yeah. Left back Chilwell, right back. Walker, centre halves, Maguire and Stones. You three in the middle uh, as the sort of holding midfielder, Declan Rice. And then I'll go Mount and Foden as two central midfielders. Three across the front. Kane is your number nine with Sterling and Grealish either side, is my England first 11. Struggling to actually, to actually like not go with that, <laughs> which I'm very disappointed at. Sounds like a good. So I, yeah, I would I would go at present form. Um, obviously goalkeeper, I'm going with you, Henderson. Yeah. Maguire and Stones in the middle. Yeah. I'm going Kyle Walker right back. Yeah. Just the same as yours. I'm going yeah. Chilwell left back. Yeah. Over Luke Shaw, because I still yeah. think better than Luke Shaw. At the minute, I, I, I wouldn't have said this two weeks ago, by the way. Mm. I would have had Shaw in, but at, at the moment, I'm going with the same as you. Um, I'm going with one up top, so Kane up front. Yeah. Foden, just playing in the hole behind. Mountain yeah. Rice. And then... I see you're playing 4 2 three. Rashford. Yeah, Rashford on one with one side. And then at the minute, I would probably have to start Lingard. Interesting. You'd go with Lingard. Because, because the form, I think Mount Ford and Lingard are your three main form players at the minute. Yeah. And, and I'm really surprised at myself for actually having him because I want Grealish in that squad, in that team. But I'm struggling to see where... Because I know Lingard could play on the right. And I don't think Greenish could. And Rashford's definitely not a right winger. I don't know. I, I think Grealish can play there. And, and for me, Grealish is that special player. Is that like... Yeah. Even coming back off injury, I think he's that one that's got like special, unpredictable quality. And he puts himself about as well. Like things are going to happen with Grealish in there. Um I've got to be honest, Greenish is my favourite player, by the way, at the at present um, sort of players. Yeah. Between Ford and Mount and Greenish, my kind of player is Greenish. I, I love the way he plays, but I think it's because I haven't seen him play for two months now. I'm like, I'm yeah. thinking on form. But do you know who's, who's confusing me a bit? And I would never have said this for most of the season, but especially because we've got so many players in these positions, when you think about our yeah. Sterling, Foden, Grealish, Mount, Madison, Harvey Barnes, Bellingham. Lingard. Bellingham, I think, is on the bench for me. Um, you know, Jaden Sancho. All, all of these players that can play those sort of midfield attacking yeah. positions. The one that I'm starting to look at, and I hate it, 
because I hate Man United, but you've got to have a look at Mason Greenwood. Yeah. I think there's a sub. Yeah. I think on the bench coming off, and I think he's a little a bit unpredictable, and I think he's a bit nasty. I think he's got that streak, what yeah. you need for when you're playing international, because there's a lot of international players, sorry, players that come in international and they just want to play football. And if you think of a Gaza, a David Platt, uh, even a Hoddle, these kind of players, they were great, but they had that little bit of something about them where it was, they had that bite, even when they were playing for that for that country as well. Stuart Pearce wasn't yeah. the best player mm. by any means, but because he was the way he played for England, we loved him and there wasn't much got past him. And they're the kind of players I think we've, we've lost a little bit of that. And Mount and Foden are a little bit... They're not. They're not. I'm not going to say soft because they, they don't need to tackle. They're that good, but they're not that old-fashioned. You know, win the ball, pass it kind of players. That's what we're going to miss. A Henderson, someone that can. And I'm not saying I would have Henderson in now. By the way, I just mean the Henderson of two year ago would walk into that team and he would do a job. Because even Rice, even Declan Rice is a good. He's a footballer. He's a character. He, he plays it. He, but he's not that big, tough tackling midfielder that you want. You know. Mm. Yeah, I know what you mean. And str- I think Grealish can do that. Yeah. Grealish is the type of player to me who, like, in a group stage or a second round or something like that, is going to score an absolute worldie. He's going to produce yeah. magic and we're all going to be singing his name into the night. Yeah. And then in the quarterfinal or semi-final, he's getting sent off. <laughs> do you know what I mean? He's that player. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to yeah. do something and he's, and he's going to... You'll end up getting sent off, and then we end up losing on penalties to Portugal. <laughs> <laughs> we need to do some. We'll, we'll have to do some live when the championships kick off. We have to do some live podcast because me and you will be very entertaining um, listening. If you're <laughs> playing, I guarantee that. Screaming at the telly. Yeah. yeah. The last time England played when we both were there, I think you were on stage. Yeah. And I was getting the results. I was getting the actual scores as I'm watching your show and then texting you at halftime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. Stay sensitive um, at the weekend because I obviously had... The, the problem is now, because with, 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 with no fans in the stadium, it's like every Premier League game is on <laughs> yeah. TV. So on a Saturday, rather than it being like yeah. one or two games and then you might get two or three on a Sunday, it's like... Every game is on one after another, all just staggered, aren't they? They're either on Sky or on BT Sport or whatever. So if I can get away with it, I'm watching all of it. So I'm, I've just got yeah, just 100% all the time. And Stace said to me at the weekend, she went, all you care about is football, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and I went, yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> Little yeah. bit of wrestling in football. All and wrestling is basically all I care about. Aside yeah. from you know, what I do for a living. <laughs> yeah. But can you imagine when the fans get back in, man? We're not going to be far off now and it's going to be amazing. Like, everything's just going to be heightened again, isn't it? Oh, God, I can't wait. Bit, Scunthorpe have just survived. Yeah, just. just. Our teeth have survived. Grimsby have gone down. But, um, so I'm sad for Grimsby because I'm a Scunny fan, but I want Grimsby to stay up. I yeah. I wanted them to stay up. Um, but they've just been taken over, got new owners. So it'd be interesting to see what happens with town. Scunny, but we'll see. Like we're in trouble. We're just, like we don't own our own ground anymore. Really? Yeah. So the owner, 
Um, Is that your inheritance gone then? Yeah, my shares will be plummeting. (laughs) (laughs) Swan, the owner, um, he owns the club, which owns the assets and stuff, but he's basically agreed to write off, I think it was about £11 million worth of debt that we've got in the club. He's he's agreed to write off that debt in exchange for the stadium being transferred. So he owns it anyway, because he owns the club, but it's now being yeah. transferred into like his company because he's like a property developer as well and does stuff. Yeah. So that ground has now gone out of the club's name, which he owns, into his own personal company name. So basically, even if he doesn't own, even own the club one day, if someone buys it off him, they'll, they'll have, we'll still have to rent the ground off him. Like yeah. from that season, well, he owns all of it, but officially next season... Scunthorpe United will be renting the ground off our owner. He's um he switched on, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he switched on because the because the ground's probably worth more than that. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's making money out of it, but at the same time, it's written off eleven million quid's worth of debt. Yeah. So you know, hopefully it'll be all right. Swings around the boat. Yeah, I do think he's got the best interests at heart of, of the club. I don't think he's one of them owners that are like is like trying yeah. to grow the club. Um. You know, and he has put money into the club, so we'll see. But I'm glad we just survived. But I, I, I don't, I don't know how the hell we're going to improve on this season next year. But, but you see, sometimes again, sometimes it, it takes something like that, and, and I find that there's a lot of teams that just end up surviving by one point or you know goal difference. The season after, they have a massive kick because the manager, after keep the same manager, they can sometimes use that to. You know, it's just against them. It's, you know, everyone wants what they feel. And, and they get a massive kick back from the players because they don't want to be in that position again. Um, and it happens quite a lot where you see Leicester, who nearly got relegated, and the season after they won the league, it, it's, there's, there's quite a few teams. And you watch them this season. If you have a look at the, the, the um, championship in like Derby, for example, mm-hmm. um, in teams in League One and League Two that have just survived, I bet you there's... 60-70% of them that will do well next season just because of that maybe I hope so hopefully I really hope hopefully so. yeah alright mate Me. Well, thanks for coming on and um, hopefully no it's an absolute pleasure hopefully we can catch up next week see what goes on see what's changed during this next week of football well well, we'll know we'll know if we're safe and we'll we'll probably know if you're going to um, win the Champions League or not yeah. by, by next week Oh, it's the FA Cup final next weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, next week. Yeah. 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 Next weekend. Um, and right right now, Fulham are drawn nils each with Burnley as well. So that's the perfect result for me. So hopefully right. it'll stay like that. Yeah. All right. Um, well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everything in between, thank you for listening to our first official, um, what did you say we were going to call it? Kevin Ant's footy rant. You said. That's it. Yes. Kevin Ant's footy rants. So, like I said at the beginning, um, this is not replacing the other episodes that we do, all the interviews and theatre talk and performance talk and Strictly talk, you know, and all that kind of stuff. That's all still going to happen every week. These are like extra bonus added on episodes um, where we're going to be talking about football as well, because I want to branch out with the podcast a little bit. And um, yeah, I want to talk about all the all the things that I'm interested in, which means we'll probably get some wrestling episodes at some point. Because, because as Stacey Dooley said, all I'm interested in is football and wrestling. Cheers, everyone.